You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hello, you beautiful people, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. We're up to episode 15 now, which seems to have happened rather quickly. And in fact, I recently learned that the majority of podcasts don't even make it past seven episodes. So if that's a measure of any sort of success, then I'll take it. I can genuinely see why people struggle to keep going as it requires a lot of dedication to be not only consistent, but also to ensure that you're providing valuable information to your listeners, which of course, I hope is what I'm providing you. And speaking of valuable information, in today's episode, I wanted to walk you through some tips that I've learned and implemented myself that have really improved the way I manage money as well as help me get out of debt. It's important to remember that the majority of personal finance is actually very simple. There's a few concepts that you need to learn and apply. For example, spending less than you earn. And once you really absorb and understand them, you'll be setting yourself up for financial success. That being said, there are some definite nuances and little tweaks that you can make along the way to improve your financial situation. So I wanted to share five of those with you today. So let's get into it. Firstly, budget budget, budget. And if you didn't know, the golden rule of personal finance is to spend less than you earn. And the only way you're going to know if you are spending less than you earn is by keeping a personal balance sheet, also conveniently known as a budget. Do not be put off by the boring name budget, because even to this day, I can still feel my brain starting to switch off when I hear or even say the word budget. But all that does is show you how deeply rooted the misconceptions around that word are. By putting your income versus your outgoings onto paper, or preferably a spreadsheet, you're going to be forced to face the truth, something we as humans often actively avoid, because we think it's better to pretend like there's not a problem and either procrastinate or downright bury your head in the sand. And I know I'm guilty of doing that in the past and probably for other things too today. You're going to need to do what you can to lower your outgoings, and it might seem easier said than done, but from my experience, you could shave off a fair bit each month by cancelling unused subscriptions or lowering your TV package to what you actually watch rather than what you thought you were going to watch. You could take a closer look at how much you spend on food each month because I can almost guarantee that unless you track it, you're going to be spending more than you're telling yourself that you're spending. And once you've lowered your outgoings as much as you can, you will then need to focus on increasing your income. And there are many ways that this can be done, but for most of us, the quickest way is to pick up overtime at work if that's an option for you, or start a side hustle, or figuring out how you can be more valuable to your employer and demand a pay rise. Cutting expenses is definitely the quickest way to increase cash flow, but there's only so much you can do here. Cutting out unnecessary expenses, as well as focusing on increasing income at the same time, is by far the most effective way to make room in your budget for spending more on what you need and enjoy, as well as saving and investing for the future. Now, I myself use and recommend a zero-based budget, which is where you allocate every single penny of your income before next month begins. I've created plenty of content about zero-based budgets and budgeting in general, so go and check them out if you want to know a little bit more. And as I've just alluded to, when you budget, you need to have a category for fun money. Do not forget that you need to enjoy your money, so put it in your budget. Managing your money effectively means being intentional about saving and investing just as much as it does as you enjoying your money. Okay, number two, use the debt snowball. 
And there are many strategies and payment methods to pay off consumer debt, but the one that I personally use and recommend is known as the debt snowball. And this method requires you to face all of your debt head on. You need to find out who you owe money to, how much you owe, and list them. You list your debts from lowest balance to highest balance, regardless of whatever interest you're paying on the different debts. And then you need to throw everything you can at that lowest debt, whilst continuing to pay the minimum payments on the rest, of course. Genuinely, you need to get super intense about this. You need to sell unwanted stuff. That's the only way you're going to become debt-free quicker. You need to feel the pain, because that's the only way when you get out of debt, you're going to look back and think, yeah, I'm not doing that again. This method is great to keep you motivated because you're likely to get quick wins by paying off debt and closing accounts or cutting up credit cards sooner than the other methods. A lot of people argue that mathematically this isn't the best approach, which, yeah, it's true. But the best approach is the one that works. It's not the one that on paper makes the most sense. It's exactly the same as a diet. The perfect diet may be eating rice, chicken and broccoli every single meal for the rest of your life but nobody's going to stick to it. So the best diet for you is the one that's sustainable and you're going to do it and it's going to make you feel good about yourself. Of course, if you do not have consumer debt, then this does not apply to you and well done for being such a sensible person. Remember to stay clear of consumer debt in the future as much as possible and just buy things outright. Okay, number three, separate your money. And this is a great tip that I learned when I began my personal finance journey and that is separating your money into different accounts or pots or spaces Different banks call them different things. I personally recommend using banks that allow these features. Challenger banks such as Starling or Monzo. Other high street banks are now trying to catch up too because they're slowly realising that the old way of banking just doesn't cut it anymore. But essentially what these allow you to do is to set up a separate fund for known regular expenses. Things like holidays, yearly car insurance or currently in my case a wedding fund. My word, that fund is never ending. But getting engaged to a wedding planner was my own doing. Sorry, Georgie, if you're listening. And the reason that this is a good way of managing your money is because by keeping this money separate, you're playing a psychological trick on yourself. You're making it feel like this money isn't available to spend. And this was a game changer for how I now handle my money because money would just burn a hole in my pocket previously. As soon as money would enter my account, I would start mentally spending it because I could just see it sitting there in my account. It didn't feel right. I needed to get it to zero. Remember, out of sight, out of mind. You need to remember that you're very good at playing tricks on yourself and convincing yourself that you're going to use that spare money sitting in your account for something you know you need. However, human nature is to get that bank balance down to zero or sometimes even lower each month. Having the ability to place pots of money into different areas within your main current accounts will help your spending habits and give you structure to your budgeting. Okay, number four, and I know this feels like it's far away, but you need to save for Christmas early. This point leads on perfectly from the last. And even though Christmas happens the same time every single year, most people still panic about funding Christmas in November. The best way to have a stress-free Christmas is to work out what you want to spend next Christmas, divide it by 12, and start putting them into your separate funds. Call it the Christmas Fund in January. And in this pot, you want to include every single expense relating to Christmas, from presents to wrapping paper to food to expected travel that you're going to make to see loved ones. Trust me, if you do this, future you after Christmas will look back and thank yourself. And number five, write a shopping list and stick to it. Seems obvious, right? Well, most of us don't do it. Nothing makes me feel more organized than walking around the supermarket with a list of items and my self-scanner. 
feeling smug as I look around, seeing absolutely nobody else walking around with a pre-made spending plan for their weekly shop. And I realise as I'm saying that how uncool I must look, but guess how much I care. As I said previously, whatever you think you're spending on your shopping, double it. Or even for some people, triple it. And you're probably going to be closer to the truth. I would say go into your online banking, take a look at some statements from the last three months. Take an average of how much you spent on food, and that's the figure that's more realistic. And once you get over the shock, choose a realistic, which is very important, amount to stick to every single month. Divide that amount by how many shops you do each month, and you have a target. You have a budget. And what's even better, this can be separated into a separate space too. That's what I do. The money that you have separated for your food should be reviewed every single week too. Then you can write your shopping list accordingly so you know you're being realistic. You're not going in there with an absolutely ridiculously long shopping list and you've got 20 quid to spend. And there you have it. Those are my five tips that hopefully have got you thinking about how to save, manage your money more effectively and pay off debt. And truthfully, each one of those points deserves its own lengthy episode. And I am going to dive deeper into each one of those subjects in the future. However, hopefully this episode has given you some actionable ways to improve your financial situation pretty much immediately. Guys, as always, please feel free to contact me via email at brian at frugalspender.co.uk. If you've got any questions, you can head to frugalspender.co.uk. And if you think this podcast might be useful to somebody that you know, please share it with them as it not only helps the podcast, but I also want to spread financial literacy as far as I can. And you may even consider leaving the podcast a review if you get some value from it. That would mean a lot to me. Guys, until next week, stay safe. Peace. Peace.